0: So, so I'm I start off from the viewpoint that there's sort of a continuum of industrial or foreign and and foreign trade policies with the. US maybe on one side and China on the other side and countries of course in in the middle but but that, that ideally or or healthy economies would balance balance protection for domestic workers and and companies. And when I say protection I don't mean protectionism, but but you know, taking care of the companies and workers at home, balance that with openness to global trade. And that neither the US nor China really achieve that balance but but that in order for the WTO to succeed the country
1: in and out. I'm, having okay.
0: I'm on a, a cell it's uh it's my only line, but let, let's. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, so then the thinking is, and and you know, you have written lots about this that, um, that you know, when when countries are when economies are not playing the same game how how can the wto work if its member countries are not even playing the same game if if they're so far apart on that continuum of 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 industrial and foreign trade policies and so
1: that's why so many uh, issues have arisen as why. as so uh, proliferating trade negotiations, and it's why you have chronic uh, trade imbalances, because the system's not working. It's not working because the, the premises uh, that the various parties have about the system are quite different. Right, so
0: what's the solution?
1: <laughs> that's the $54 trillion Right. I mean, I think, I guess the, the thing that I was reacting to in my earlier comment here is that people, some people think that the WTO somehow should be the solution. And that if the WTO would, you know, just actively enforce its rules, everything would be lucky. Uh, but that's not. First of all, the WTO as a as a body is not responsible for enforcing the rules. Uh and, and it's, it's really a treaty. The rules are enforced uh through by the members, you know, who may complaints and appeal to the adjudicatory process. But if the adjudicatory process is this, uh, if the rules are not adequate then it's not gonna work. And uh, I mean the, the premise, when, when the WTO was established, or when the, the predecessor to the WTO, the General Agreement was when that was established, there was an assumption on the part of those who established it that they were all playing the same game, and they were. You know, they, the, it was we and the Europeans who established the act back in the nineteenth in century. And at that time, everybody had pretty much the same idea about trade. But you know, then in the meantime, we brought in Japan in the '60s, and that was quite a different take. And then we brought in all the tigers and out China, and so uh, you don't have a shared assumption. You don't have a shared set of principles and values about trade. Uh, and as long as that doesn't exist, then it's not going to work.
0: Right. So then, so so then, is the solution bilateral free trade agreements, or or you know, kind of accepting that the WTO doesn't work exactly right, or?
1: Are, well, I mean, in view, in view of a functioning, properly uh, global system, you wind up with various. Uh, Bilateral and regional agreements, but those agreements themselves tend to further undermine the international
0: system. Right,
1: they become, they become preferential trade agreements, uh, and uh, and even within those systems, they have their own problems. I mean, if you look at the European Union, for example, uh, you know you have Germany, which plays the game one way, and Spain, England, Portugal, France—they've been different. World. So even within the EU, even—and this is—you know—the EU is a very much more institutionalized, tightly organized, agreed-upon uh, system that that, that you know, even within the EU, you've got guys playing different games, and, and it's not working.
0: Okay. So, so I understand. I
1: think, I think, I think you know, when you say what's the solution, you know, implicitly you're <clears throat> you're assuming that there is a solution. Uh, that, there's, that there's some kind of a um, sort of global free trade, so-called free trade solution. I don't think there is. Okay. Um, I think it's every man for himself, uh, and I think that uh, countries, um, you know ultimately, many countries do what they think is best for them. Uh, and um, I think that's kind of what it's at.
0: So does that mean that if a trading partner like China, you know, because they have mercantilist policies, does that mean that in order to compete at all, the United States needs to adopt mercantilist policies and then is it a race to be the most mercantilist?
1: Well, it means that uh, the U.S. needs to adopt policies that at least offset the negative impact of the mercantilism. doesn't mean we have to act exactly like China but it means we need to I mean, it's kind of like if you play football you know, you put it on a helmet you're liable to get a lot of bruises on your head. Um, you know, doesn't mean the FBI in
0: and pound the other guy in the head like he's pounding you in the head, but maybe she put on a helmet. Uh huh. Okay, and I, I mean, you've obviously written books about this and, and and columns, but could you recap what what would be the equivalent policy-wise of the U.S. putting on a helmet? Or, you know, what are the top sort of five key points?
1: Well, I don't know if there's five key points, but, um, I mean, if you look at all of these, you know, what is it that that China or anybody else is doing that you think is having a negative impact? You know, one obvious one is currency, uh, 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 the mm-hmm. So, you know, so maybe... You don't manipulate your own currency, but you take steps to offset the impact of currency manipulation. So you could impose capital, some degree of capital controls, uh, or you could uh, you could intervene in currency. are uh, pursuing policies that require global corporations to produce uh, in those countries if they want to sell in those countries. It's like uh, right now China's trying to develop its aircraft uh, industry Uh, and a number of uh, aircraft manufacturers have announced projects in China to produce uh, parts and components of aircraft in China. Well, China is not particularly, you know, China is not a, uh, a leading center of aircraft manufacturing. So, so on a free trade basis, you wouldn't expect that aircraft manufacturers would be rushing to produce in China. But some of them are. And it's clear that they're doing so because the Chinese made it clear for them but if they want to sell in China they need a produce mm-hmm. They need to transfer technology to them. So, uh, you know, if that's the way the game is being played, then uh, you know, then maybe uh, 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 you you adopt policies which um, emphasize uh, a lot of this aircraft development is on your uh, taxpayer dollars and uh, Maybe the companies are going to pay back some of those taxpayer dollars if they're going to move that production to uh, to China. Uh, So, I mean, you know, I I have to sit down and think specific by specific, but it's not hard to come up with setting policies. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, at the the manufacturing conference earlier, uh, or this spring, I don't remember if it was Pat Malloy or... Um, or Ralph Gomery who who talked about the reason why policymakers in the United States don't enact any of these policies, or even, for Pete's sake, label China a currency manipulator, and that's because uh, they're they're funded by the multinational corporations that benefit from going to China, for example. Is is that your take?
1: Well, there's, uh... I mean, I think there's there's a variety of of reasons why um, we are where we are. One of them is that the United States uh, has embraced a a doctrine, an ideology of free trade, which holds that uh, it doesn't matter what country makes, and holds that any intervention is bad. And so uh, we have adopted a policy of laissez-faire. Whatever happens, happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they want to subsidize, and they want to protect them, Because according to our ideology, we only heard themselves. So. Uh, himself. I think this is a very mistaken ideology, but it's what we have. So it has inhibited us from taking any steps. The second reason we haven't taken any steps in many of these cases is because we have geopolitical objectives. We want bases we want allies we want the Chinese to help us with more Koreans or to help us with the Iranians or the Syrians or whoever the hell it is uh and so in order to uh obtain votes in the UN or use of Korean or Japanese pieces or European bases or, or help with some uh, uh, particularly troublesome uh, international issue we make trade concessions uh, and a third reason why we don't do any of this stuff is because um uh our our global companies uh are sometimes pressured by foreign governments, uh sometimes subtly threatened by foreign governments, sometimes bribed by foreign governments to offshore their production. Mm-hmm. Uh and um and they may gain some benefit from that. Uh and so they don't complain about it. Uh because they're afraid of being of being retaliated against or they're being so nicely bribed that they oh, that's a kind of city and they don't want to bring anybody's attention. That's all anyhow for right reasons, nothing happens.
0: Okay. Do you do you think that there's some sort of sensible middle ground between the or, or, or are we driving towards uh what you know people call the Beijing consensus, right? So shifting from the Washington consensus, this idea of laissez faire free trade. and and towards Beijing consensus, mercantilism, is the world going in that direction? Uh, Yes.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think um, um, all of the Asian countries are pursuing um, mercantilist policies of one kind or another. Um, Everybody's doing strategic export-led trade, uh, and uh, um, um, I mean, in Europe, uh, the Germans have their own kind of industrial policy, uh, export led uh, uh, strategy. And the rest of Europe is, by uh, my, dint my of advice, is kind of being forced to become more German. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's.